first, show me the goods, then we'll talk. The figure, covered in old, stinking bandages and clothes that aren't far removed from rags, awkwardly shrugs off the packets wearing slung across its back. There's a heavy metallic thud as the pack falls to the ground. Iskinder kneels down and opens the drawstring. His eyes widen and he pulls out a chunk of twisted, grayish-green metal. This is... Sky Iron, or as it seems to be called outside of Numeria, Glaucite. I have ten pounds of it in that sack, and I can give you twice more once we're done. Twice? That's... Wait, you're, you're changing something, aren't you? What? What are you changing? The bandaged figure purses his hideously scarred lips and whistles out what sounds like some kind of bird song, but a bird a skinder has never heard before. Another figure steps into the alleyway, a figure he immediately recognizes. Oh no. No, no, no. I'm already putting my neck on the line, both figuratively and very literally, by making this thing for you. I am not having her here, too. Rashka Blue Eyes, Orc Priestess of Gorum, and extremely wanted criminal, smiles widely at him. I told you he'd say no. His is a coward. I'm practical. This fool already wants me to make him a Gorum tattoo. Gorum of all things. And now you're here. That can only mean he wants it consecrated. I'm not just making a tattoo. I'm making a real holy symbol. Do you understand? That is an automatic 20-year minimum sentence if the guard finds out. He won't do it. Five times. He looks back at the other figure. At this strange, scarred Kellen who found him. Somehow. Three days ago. And started asking about his special services. What? Five times as much. Fifty full pounds of scrap glaucite. Final offer. If you decline, I'll find someone else who won't. Rashka laughs. See? This man, this Vargas, he's no coward. So, what'll it be, Isk? Are you going to man up? Iskindor grits his teeth. He looks down at the sack. Even just a pound of glaucite could keep him fed in the city for six months. Easily. Fifty would set him up for years. Alright, I'll do it. But it's going to take a long time, and because we'll have to do the entire arm at once, both for her consecration thing and to make sure we don't get discovered by making multiple trips, it's going to hurt. A lot. Are you okay with that? The Kellid, Vargas, looks at him and smiles. He recoils back. That smile is the only answer he needs, and then some. It's the smile of someone who's far more familiar with pain than he hopes to ever be. Uh, Alright then, just get inside, get off the street before anyone sees you, and let's get this thing done. This is Pod Against the Machine. Pod against the machine.
Welcome back to Pod Against the Machine, the only actual play Pathfinder podcast where the pinatas have leprosy and the statues have tetanus. I'm your host, Sam, and here's everybody. Hello. Hi. Hello. Can I just say I really appreciate, I know that we were so close to just a normal intro, but that's boring. I really appreciate that here now, a year into recording, we all still wave at the camera when we say hello. <laughs> we're kind. We don't know who's watching. I mean, I thought we mostly did this for each other anyway. I, I mean, I did. But oh, no. I mean, for the listeners, wink. <laughs> I'm paranoid about who's watching our private Skype Yeah, no, that was, that's actually more my concern now. Hello, Bill Gates, if you're out there. Oh yeah, no, he's he's fine. I was I was like, Bill Gates is not. Let me. We'll cut that out. Let's cut all this out. Cut it out. When have we ever done that? I know. I was gonna say if I've learned anything from listening to recent episodes, that is just ensuring that it'll stay in. I was gonna say what I have to do is just inter like quick interjection swear before and after anything that I don't want repeated mm-hmm. on the yes, radio. Yes, you have to merge the words with the swears <laughs> such that they cannot be extricated. Well, it's a Portman swear, if you will. <laughs> well, really if anyone can do that, it's New York. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when last we left our heroes, they had just finished aggroing an entire base and destroying basically a whole gang or they were supposedly part of the Steelhawks, but they didn't seem to get along. And then they went back to the real Steelhawks, let them all know what was going on. The Steelhawks were suitably grateful, provided you with a map and some information and uh, sent you on your way to seek out the clockwork chapel and deliver the binder full of love sonnets to Dinvaya Lanley. And you found your ways over to the, Clockwork Chapel, which was pretty cool on the outside. And on the inside, there were some statues of Bry, totally normal, and then one, you know, robot. Sometimes there's robots. Um, the robot sprung to life, and it um, turned into a swarm of tiny robots, but it wasn't all that tough, especially not compared to a small army. So we made fairly short work of it, and that's where we are now. Standing this in this robot. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, you can. I, I talked too much. Go ahead. Oh, well, I was just going to make the very important uh, insight that this, this robot has skipped leg day. I didn't even really look at the icon before, but those are some tiny little legs on such a top heavy robot. Yeah, that dude falls over a couple times a day, <laughs> breaks into a swarm. And then, you know, 20 minutes later, it comes back together. That's why he doesn't mind falling over. Well, good for it. Aside from the attempted murder. (laughs) So at this time, you are standing in the heart of the Clockwork Cathedral in a gear-shaped room that contains four quite artfully carved statues of Bri built from junk and rubble, each depicting the goddess in the act of creating a different clockwork creature. Clockwork giant spider, clockwork boar, a clockwork lion, and a clockwork wyvern. There's a gear-shaped idol as well, um, and three regular doors out of this room, along with the um, junk golem that is, well, it's in a lot of pieces now. 
on the ground. The a lot of hasted pieces. Uh, the clockwork uh, wyvern or wyvern or whatever we decided things pronounced. It doesn't have uh, like anything like the. It doesn't look similar to the one that we saw that was experimented on. Like it doesn't have like a big gear in its chest where we saw that weird metal thing on the real life one or anything, does it? No, this is definitely more humanoid. Um, it's not like the wyvern or wyvern or whatever real people say it. Um, this one was, it was built to look like a much less artful um, version of Bry. Um, so it was, much, it was humanoid, but it definitely looks more clockwork than your standard Numerian um machines it's it's not like the super high tech it's more like a as, well i was just wondering if it derived. had like something in the same place as where that one had the metal or anything type thing not, nothing of particular interest no can you remind us where the doors are uh i can ping there's the door behind you there's a door up in the sort of northernmost cog there's a door in the westernmost cog and in the southwestern cog cool and Zach's <laughs> Zach's grease is still on the floor. I'm gonna say Brixby. Brixby's spell. Yep, Brixby's spell is um. Just draw some grease here. I believe this is where it is. Can you dispel grease, or do you just have to wait for it to wear off? Um, some bread in that. I'm like ninety percent sure you can dispel grease. Let me just pull that up real quick here. Do 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 do. Got that right. Yeah, I'm like, uh, yeah, you can dispel grease. Okay, cool. Right, little D. Okay, yes, you can dispel grease. (laughs) You can dispel grease. Okay. Oh, good. (laughs) So yes, uh, Brixby dispels the haste juice that he gave the golem earlier. The grease. I'm Looking at these cool it, statues. Oops. Oh, sorry. What? I drew too much stuff and deleted Issy. <laughs> not Kira, though. She's still there. <laughs> I was um, say, that's, uh, that's fine. The podcast will go on. Is there any... Uh, I'm just going to ponder the religious knowledge he has about Bri. Just to wonder if there's any significance with these particular clockwork creations. Like giant spider, lion, boar, wyvern... Okay. An 18 on the dice for a 23. Um, I think that it's um, going back to like the chronicles of the Whisper and Bronze. There's likely tales of her building these specific um, clockwork animals uh, just over the, the course of her career. Um, none of them is like super significant, like her herald or anything. They just things that came up in the stories cool so they're not like the uh four sacred animals of chanji or something no or ton ta- uh, what's the china analog it's not chanji it's uh oh uh, uh, uh tan tianja yeah right doing a lot of just looking st- Looking stuff up right now. Almost just swore there. Um, 
There we go. Yeah, Close I think one. it's Tian Sha. Yeah. Look at that freaking out. Ugh. Let's just cut all of this out here. <laughs> the whole middle of the episode. Yeah, that's fine, fine. Start it over. <laughs> Welcome back to Pot Against the Machine. Um, so which door do we want to do? Kind of surprised the level of noise we've made hasn't caused anyone to come out if there is anyone here. But and this is a kind of noisy place, and there's all these machines and gears turning and banging around. Um, I guess that makes sense. Also, it seems like that's something very intentional. Well, maybe not. I guess it's noisy. But it it, it seems like we're being intentionally ignored because we knocked. That is true. We did. We did. I mean, we didn't go in through a window. We did better than we did at the foundry. So, um, which foundry? Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the joke that keeps is, on giving. Uh, just supposedly only her living here is kind of like a weird hermit. So that's true. Like it kind of makes sense that it might be harder for one person to hear us in this place than if it was filled with people. That makes sense. It do it does it do feel like no no it does feel like we should proceed with some caution just as we had been just hey we're here uh, please don't continue trying to kill us we just want to give you some poems sonnets sounds good to me um, I'm fine with whatever door given the lack of hospitality with which we have not been greeted it might bear some caution to check for traps before we open a door. I would hate for one of us to get a spike to the face or something along those lines. Well. Are we joking about that yet? Uh, I mean, you know, I'm back to my uh, attractive and charismatic self as he pulls on his sort of rubbery rat face. I don't know. I'm not really sure why I chose that adjective, but I just, I'm sure that he's got face. really good collagen <laughs> in his skin because he's. <laughs> anyway. Hitting that defin- retinol. Definitely not wearing a rat mask. Um, we're going to go to the door to the north. And I will check that out for traps per Jeff's expert recommendation. Was Asher's expert recommendation? No, no, I believe it was Jeff's. Um, all right. Where is Asher? Yeah, he just disappeared. Not on my map. Uh, I rolled is he it. Layered with somebody? Oh, is it me? He's not under me. Oh, He's, yeah, there he is. Kira we moved. got him. Kira and I moved <laughs> to the same square at the same time because we're because we're moving with such s- synergy and strategy. <laughs> all, all those things. Uh, rolled a 10 for a 19, unless there's a high-tech or mechanical trap, which would be highly likely in a place like this. That's a 20. Well, there's all sorts of mechanical stuff, but none of it seems to be a trap. Looks pretty safe. Ah, this one seems clear. Steps to the right, as is custom. Maybe someone else should open the door. <laughs> Uh, what do you think? Yeah. Um, thanks, Bricks. I'm going to open this one because of that whole thing with the spike and your face and how it's rubbery now. Uh, <laughs> and she will open this door. 
Um, as you open the... Is it? Oh, okay. Yeah, it wasn't locked or anything. As you open this door, uh, it reveals a uh, crowded workshop, just absolutely filled with um, junk. It looks like junk golems, several of them in various states of disrepair and assembly. A workbench that's just loaded up with piles of tools and scrap. And working at that workbench is um, what appears to be a woman. Uh, she's wearing goggles over her eyes and looks like maybe she's got something uh, stuffed in her ears. Um, her ears with the notably um, attractive earlobes. And as she works away, she seems absolutely oblivious uh, to anything going on. And she's just banging away at a, a piece of metal. Looks like she's trying to straighten out a, a chunk of scrap. Is she in a... Was it an elf or a half-elf? Half? Uh, looks like a half-elf. Probably not long enough ears to be a full-on elf. But I mean, uh, Devala, Devada. Was she a elf or a half-elf? Half-elf. She, she was a half Okay. Um, Kira's gonna put, uh, I think she has Ethel, the sword, out away, both hands up. Um, and Christina just kind of, like, shout into the room. Hello, I don't know if you can hear us. Uh, we have sonnets. And, I don't know, like, greetings. <laughs> Is there, like, any reaction? Uh, she pauses for a second, like, tilts her head up like she thought maybe she heard something, and then goes right back to work. She's she's very busy. Yeah. So Kira turns back to Vernal's, like, should we... We can go in, and she probably won't kill us, but I should maybe go first. Just be careful. That golem earlier was probably some kind of defense. These other ones might pop to life if they see you before she does. Um, so Kira will hold out the book of son- binder, excuse me, binder of sonnets in front of her, which I think grants a plus one AC bonus, <laughs> and just shimmy on into the room. Binder full of sonnets. Can't really see where is available to stand. Here? Here's good? Oh, yeah, it's, it's, all, a it's a very room. cramped room, so. Okay, so I'll yeah, stand in the doorway and then, <laughs> I don't know, just <laughs> gently tap on the shoulder and then thrust the book forward. <laughs> and um, I think the instant the book touches her, she'll like sort of go stiff and uh, turn around. And then like she looks surprised, but her face like mellows almost immediately. And she pulls the goggles up. Uh, off of her eyes and and takes the um, stuffing or whatever out of her ears, and she goes, "Oh, oh, hello there." Hi, I'm Kira. These are my friends. We brought you some poems. Hi. You brought hello. poems. That is, that is unusual. Um, you didn't happen to see like a uh, man of garbage on the way in here. She's sort of leaning over Brixby, trying to look out into the other room. We've seen a lot of garbage men since we came into Scrap Wall. No, touche. Um, Kira, Kira, like, points at Vargas. She's like, well, he's our friend, but... Oh, no. um, <laughs> Vargas waves with the uh, scrap arm. <laughs> he's fine. No, 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 no. Not, not a half-garbage man. A, a completely garbage man. It's like a man... You know, made of pieces of junk. He was walking around. He's all rusty. You didn't oh. see him? Again, I'm standing <laughs> right here. Ma'am, please. Yes, we did. We did see a golem of junk that uh, 
attempted to engage us in combat. Are you familiar with this construct? Uh, hello, yes. I'm Asher. Uh, hello, Asher. Oh, uh, where are my manners? Uh, Dinvaya Lanley. Uh, it's a, a pleasure to meet you. Now, um, you say this this uh, scrap golem that you, you fought, um, would you say on a scale from one to ten, one being it was like swatting a fly, and ten being like you're not completely sure that you're not dead right now, how difficult was it to uh, defeat this uh, drunk golem? Maybe he kind of looks the rest. Three? No, no. Say about a three. It was I was a going good. to say a four. Yeah, yeah, maybe even a five. We, I mean, we were a little tapped, and the whole the grease switchado thing was a was a nice maneuver. Oh yeah, I'm down. Not that you know, there's any sort of uh, numerical way to count this, but I would say I'm down like over fifty percent re HP. So um, six. Oh, well, that's that's passable, but. Uh, not, not nearly good enough, but, um, so, uh, I apologize if it, uh, caused you any harm. It's a security device. You can never be too careful in all this. I'll have to, let's see, get back to the drawing board. If you could write me up some notes regarding, uh, what, what was most effective against it and what was most effective about it, I'd be, I'd greatly appreciate that for the no- next model. Brixby <laughs> made it go faster just points over at him so that if you have things that make it go faster that uh he seemed real upset about that yeah grace it uh seemed to expedite its movements yeah it seems that uh you've created a very effective uh watchdog there but um speaking of notes we uh have a well Kira, would you do the honors of handing that over? Uh-huh. Uh, she'll just, like, thrust it right into her face. Probably uncomfortably close. Um, she'll take and say, well, uh, what is this? Perhaps it's, um, easier to let the man speak for himself. So, uh, and he pushes himself kind of around Kira's legs for a second. Didn't they, uh, oh, sweet. My darling dear, your name is like the song of a whirring gear. More delicate than the finest spring nested within a constructed thing. Arrayed with perfect wheel and lever, clicking, winding, spinning forever. So soundly built my love for thee, twill turn on and on into eternity. He bows Sky metal. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, these are some sonnets from Kite that I may or may not have, uh, took the liberty of editing. <laughs> <laughs> so, Sky Metal for... That was amazing! Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I can't believe you wrote this song! And, uh, wow. I, I think as Brigsby's reading that, uh, she turns pretty noticeably red. Um, and I'm totally going to have lost her accent now because it's been like 30 <laughs> seconds since I stopped talking. Say, uh, oh, oh my, well, well, bite my eyes and call me a mesmerist. Oh, Joram's still alive. Can we 
speak affirmatively in that without biting your eyes. Because yes, if so, he is alive. And he, in fact, wishes to assure you that those who may have sought to do you harm are no longer either alive or interested in seeking you out. He believes it to be quite safe for you to have interest in, well, visiting him in Torch, though I suspect he may want a long-term arrangement of some kind. Uh, she frowns and she's still like kind of pinkened up and she says, well, this is a very unexpected news, but uh, thank you for the delivery. And she'll take the poems and, and put them on the table behind her on top of a stack of hammers and spanners and such. So, uh, I, I, thank you very much for this delivery. And I, I suppose uh, it may be time for me to emerge from this uh, this hole I've carved for myself, um, hiding for uh, nigh on 20 years. Uh, it's perhaps a bit silly at this point, but uh, I thank all of you. Um, uh, I don't, that, did you need um, any of your wounds healed, by the way? Uh, I could uh, invoke the powers of the Whisper and Bronze to, to heal you up. That uh, that would be most appreciated. Several of us are injured from a bit of a scuffle earlier, as well as your uh, security measures. Oh, I see. Yes, I can't help but feel partially responsible for that, so if you'll just hold on one moment. Uh, and she'll channel positive energy for a... I can't do math. That's ten. Anybody need any more? Uh, that puts me pretty close to full, but I think Kira was down lower than I was, right? <laughs> I'm having a really hard time recovering from this sonnet. <laughs> yeah, no, that was amazing. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right, if it's just Kira, she's going to give you a, a boop with the old cure mod for... Jeez, I'm rolling like crap. Um, ten. Ten more. Ten more? Oh yeah, that's we're great. That's full. Oh yeah, my gosh! I'll be okay. Full as soon as we rest. I'm inspired now that uh, we should hold some sort of fan contest for best uh, sonnet. Or a kite poetry contest. Yeah. Send us your kite poems. We can put them in a book and have it published. This is so exciting. I'm gonna put it on my coffee table. Oh my gosh. There is a. A yearly contest they do, named after the guy, I forget his name, but he's the guy who wrote, came up with the phrase, it was a dark and stormy night, and he was, like, widely considered one of the worst novelists to ever live because of how bad his writing was and how ridiculously over-the-top everything was. Are you talking about Snoopy? And there's a contest they do every year to, like, write a short story in his style, like, use the most ridiculous, overwrought, flowery writing you can, and whoever does the worst wins. <laughs> but, yes, please send us your kite poetry. Post it in the Discord. Tell it yeah. to your loved ones. We will absolutely <laughs> find a way to make it worth your while. 
Oh my gosh. <laughs> we'll talk offline. <laughs> I am I am in awe. Like, okay, I think I'm like fine. I'm in character. We're ready, but holy cow, that that was. I what's that thing? A Pulitzer? That we need one of those. The man is talented. Zach. Kite is a is an undiscovered poet of his time, just whiling away in torch. <laughs> Clearly, the poet laureate of Numeria. Obviously. <laughs> Do we want to ask her if we can stay here? I kind of feel safer being here than being with the Steelhawks, even though we just helped them just because they are kind of a gang and I'm worried they're going to murder us in our sleep and take all our stuff. Uh, I would agree with you for sure if it doesn't impose at all. Hey, we just met you and this is crazy, but can we stay here? Your We killed baby. your robot, let us stay here. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm down. You gonna ask her in character? Yeah, I was like, yeah, no, I'm in character. Like, no, we're gonna open <laughs> one of the because Vargas would not do that. Because I'll just sit here. No, uh, we open the one of the other two doors, and it is a hundred percent like a walk-in freezer filled with bodies <laughs> of the other people who tried to like break in. It's like, sure, you can stay. Yes, the people that are after her, i.e. the, like, new Mary and CSI teams. Yeah. <laughs> She's just Syndrome from The Incredibles is what she is. <laughs> so, um, I know none of us said this out loud, but my friends and I were wondering if we could spend the night because of how our other friends are also potentially untrustworthy. And you are super nice. And I can roll a not a diplomacy. I could try a diplomacy. That did not feel like intimidate. <laughs> oh god! Hey, I'm gonna call that a roll. That's a nat twenty plus uh, <laughs> I don't know seven or eight or something. Uh, she'll smile and, and say, uh, "Yes, uh, oh, of course. I, I only have the uh, the one bed, and I'm a, I'm afraid that's for me. But um, you're welcome if you have uh, bed rolls or something of the sort. There's there's plenty of room in the chapel floor." Well, also, we're pretty good at taking other people's beds and just saying that they're ours, if you want. <laughs> oh, well, you're welcome to try, but... Uh... Oh. Yeah, well, okay. Bed rolls she gave us permission. She Sorry, rolls intimidation. Knuckles. <laughs> we fight her for bed. The vaunted Kellid tradition of battling your host <laughs> for their bed. <laughs> the strong get to sleep on a mattress. <laughs> So, if if you don't mind me asking, uh, you came all the way out here from Torch for just to deliver uh, some poetry. That was really good poetry, to be fair. Oh, yes. Super good. Yeah, I mean, while it was the most enjoyable part of this task, it is not the whole of our reason in Scrapwall. Um, I trust you've heard of. Hellion, their growing influence. Uh, well, it seemed to already reach us in Torch. So, um, well, perhaps one of you two could put it a bit better. Brixby steps back, obviously still a little feeling something about uh, showing that collaboration between he and Kite with his poetry. <laughs> still got the butterflies. I'm, I'm, Kira looks at Asher 
<laughs> well, Torch had some trouble recently, and it was caused, in fact, by the Lords of Rust. And we had the opportunity to speak with one of their clerics of Alien. It seems as though this new god is, uh, perhaps doesn't have the best intentions, or at least certainly not the best, best methods of seeing those intentions come about. We are here to seek him out and learn what began, at least. Well, uh... That's certainly a job that needs to be done. Uh, Helion is... Well, whatever it is, it, it's definitely dangerous. It's, priests truly are yielding divine magics, but... I don't know that I believe that there's truly a, a, a god walking amongst us. But if there is, I suppose it's not safe to discuss him directly. The, the Lords of Rust, uh, well, they are a greatly disruptive force here, and I would certainly uh, do what I can to support you if, if, if you seek to oppose them, but they are powerful indeed, and their grip on, on Scrapwall is strong. Do you know other than the android woman named Mianda, if... Helion has any other clerics who have demonstrated divine abilities? Well, other, other than Meander, who yeah, I believe is missing, uh, there is a Nalakai, a half-orc, who is uh, her most powerful, uh, Helion's most powerful remaining cleric. Uh, but there are a number of, of acolytes who have I believe, shown some degree of divine spellcasting. Yeah, I just feel like Vargas is still finding it hard to swallow that, like, there's just randomly a new god. We do seek to combat the Lords of Rust, and accordingly, we seek allies in Screpwall. Uh, we have befriended the Steelhawks based off of a recommendation from, uh, folks from Torch and aided them in reclaiming their uh, small hovel palace situation, as well as control of their gang from a nominal Smiler leader. Um, any insight as to who's on our side or who opposes us? We've spent but a day in these walls. Well, the uh, Lords of Rust have absorbed most of the smaller gangs um, so their, their numbers alone out, outstrip anyone else at this point or everyone else combined the uh, Smilers have counted themselves loyal to the Lords of Rust and they, I believe the Thralls declare themselves for Helion but before even he his forces destroyed them so I, I have no idea what remains of them now um, the Red Tooth Raiders are. They've, they've fared badly in the Overturn um, 
from the Lords of Rust, and I believe a number of theirs defective, but Red Tooth herself, I, I don't imagine, would, would turn, and she probably stands against them. But I don't know that there are, are too many possible allies remaining in Scrapall. I'm afraid they the draw of having a god, let alone having the uh, strongest fighters and greatest numbers is too much for most to uh, fight against. That's very helpful, thank you. Do you think that if we if we could help those people and um, you know, just gently remove them from their current gang, would they would they join us if we prove that we're stronger? Can they help? It's possible. I'd, I'd imagine a number of the turncoats would, if you were to garner enough of a reputation for strength, they would at least turn tail and flee and, and perhaps not fight for the Lords of Rust any longer. Um, I don't know that you could necessarily count them allies willing to oppose the forces they've declared themselves for, I think they've shown enough cowardice that they're unlikely to be willing unless you show yourselves to be vastly superior to the one that claims to be a god. That may be reaching a bit too much. I mean, we're like pretty superior. Like moderately superior. What method would be best for garnering such a reputation? for strength. Is this fighting in the Scrapmaster's arena, or simply pushing around the rabble? I mean, you could uh, fight against um, any sort of known force if you were to attack uh, another gang. I mean, if you you deposed bird food as leader of the Steelhawks, I, I assume that word of that has spread, and uh, if you were to, say, attack the Smilers, I'm sure you could gain some reputation from that. There's, of course, there's giant beasts and and things to be found in Scrapwall that you could make a name for yourself slaying, if that's your... what interests you. I feel like the simplest thing to do go directly to the heart of the matter just cut off the head of this half orc who's leading Hellion's forces put it up on a pike and let what happens happen we show that we're superior to the ones in charge of this place then as you say the ones who quickly switch allegiance will either switch back or flee well, you can always take the front door if you're interested in dying, but I don't think I would personally recommend charging headlong into their forces. On that note, how we'd heard of one Kolgara, a barbarian. Between Kolgara and Nalakai, is one of them the leader and the other the... How does the... Uh, the leadership structure. Do you have an org chart, perhaps? <laughs> That'd be really handy. We could perhaps peruse before we rest. Well, I'd, I'd, 
would think that they would both think of themselves as the leader, but uh, Kolgara is far and away the stronger of the two, and I believe that she commands the the loyalty of the gangs. I would say that leadership truly falls to her. Well, other than Hellion himself. Speaking of Hellion himself, has anyone here that you know of claimed to have actually seen Hellion? We have it on uh, some dubious authority that he lives either within or possibly below the Scrapmaster's arena, but something powerful enough to consider itself a god, I feel like someone has to have physically seen it, right? I certainly haven't seen him, but I've heard rumors of him speaking through the walls, through the the broken machines in the walls, with a a booming voice like a demon, sometimes showing a, a face like a demon. I heard one rumor that he actually reached through a wall and and smote a non-believer and killed him on the spot without ever even appearing. It's... I don't know, honestly, what to make of all of it. And if all the rumors are true, it is a frightening prospect indeed. Do you mean the city walls? He... He reached out of the city walls and smote someone? Yes, out of the scrap itself, as, as if he lives amongst the, the refuse. Do you know where? Uh, below the Scrapmaster's arena, the, his people are digging for something. The rumor has it that there's a weapon down below, or some great and terrible thing that they seek to drag up to the surface. God or no God, if, if they've found something from the Reign of Stars intact down there that's worth taking over all of Scrapwall and building an army to drag it out, that's, well, the idea of there being a God at all could be a moot point. Two, I have two things to add. One, you'd mentioned that perhaps it may be dangerous to discuss Hellion directly. Perhaps we should refer to him as Smellion in the meantime. <laughs> sort of a code, but also a jab at his supposed godhood. Uh, and secondly, we can we can talk about that first one later. But secondly, have you heard in all the tales of Hellion's power whether he may have the capability of speaking through another construct. We had an interesting encounter with a gearsman, and after it was defeated, it appeared as though another voice was speaking through it. And, well, we're not quite sure what to make of that. Uh, I suppose it is possible. If he can speak through the broken machines here, I don't know why he couldn't speak through a broken machine somewhere else. You've been very helpful. Uh, do you have any guidance on approaching Red Tooth? 
or any other dangers for us to watch out for that aren't particularly part of any of the gangs. There is... There's a mutant manticore uh, who not, not lives in a nest not too far from Led, Red Tooth's uh, warren. It's, it's, a, it's a fearsome beast indeed. And there are, uh, if you head out further to the east, there are uh, the undead uh, to contend with. Uh, most of the living avoid that side of the scrap wall entirely. And there are... Um, as far as dealing with Red Tooth goes, I haven't spoken to her, but she is increasingly desperate, I believe, to maintain what hold she has after the defections and the the smilers have declared war on on her um on her raiders, which is something that just a year ago would have been unthinkable, so I would approach her with caution. She may shoot first and ask questions later. Hmm. That seems to be wise words with everyone inside Scrapwall. Uh, oh, thank you for your information and hospitality. Did anybody else have any other questions? Is it okay if we go and poke around some of these other doors here? That's, that's my bedroom in the back there, and then there's a storage room uh, to the south. Just find more of this, and she holds out her arm over her workbench, indicating the various broken machines that she's working on. Okay. Asher has a thing about us not breaking into people's bedrooms, so we won't go in there, but maybe we'll just take a quick peek at um, the other storage room. Also, do you believe that Hellion is is real? You talk about him like he's like you've you've already seen him even though you said you haven't. I don't know if he truly is real. I know that there's something that the Lords of Rust believe in powerfully. I, I know that there's something that is granting spells, divine spells to his people. If there's no god here, then there is another divine source somewhere pulling the strings. I'm still not entirely positive on that. He's going to kind of step up closer and he's going to say, want to show you something and you tell me what you think and he is going to use one of his uh arcane pool points in order to recast the level one spell uh, there we go the level two spell acid arrow oh no uh, no he's just shooting it out into the room not hitting anything but as he casts it he very clearly is not using any material components, and his tattoo of Gorum lights up. And he says, if you want, you can search my entire body. I do not have spell components on me. Wink. I am clearly... 
casting this spell using, and he holds up his left arm with the tattoo, the power of this divine tattoo. However, I am not a divine spellcaster. Uh, she's going to roll a sense motive to see if you're lying to her, and that is a 23. He is not lying. And she's going to roll a spellcraft. And that is a natural 20. So <laughs> uh, She would know that he appears to have an ability that is known as false focus, which is basically the ability to cast arcane spells through the use of a divine spellcaster focus, issuing the need for materials that cost less than the cost of that focus. Ah, I have seen this trick before, but uh, it is a clever one. Yes, and I can't help but wonder if these priests of Hellion are doing something similar. It is always possible. I have not gotten close enough to see. I suppose you may have that chance if you continue on this course. You mentioned that people in digging, his followers dig beneath the arena. Is this mundane digging? Are they using some sort of device? I am curious because the Lords of Rust members that we'd encountered had insisted that Hellion required power for something, some sort of energy, and... We don't really know what that would be. Well, they, they use a great number of machines, I believe, to assist in their digging, but it may be that whatever it is that they're digging up needs a great deal of power. I do know that they, uh, one of the first things they do, they did when they came to power, they crushed the Thralls of Hellion in order to, or the Thralls, who are now the Thralls of Hellion, uh, to gain control of the receiver array in their territory. Uh, I assume if they were funneling power, it was through that device there. Oh, that's very interesting. Thank you. I'm just surprised that this Hellion knows that there's still something here. Even the Technic League, from what we've heard, don't bother to come to Scrapwall. They believe that everything here has already been long found. Well, the Technic League believed that there was nothing to find here when they were looking for me as well, so... Perhaps their pride carries them a bit more than is good for them. Just pretend I said, like, you know, something wise there. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> Have you, in your projects that you've been working on, any very useful and or powerful technological items or mechanical things that made assist us? <laughs> We'd be willing to look at a trade or purchase, of course. We're not seeking charitable donations. 
It would be rather humorous to do so in a chapel. <laughs> but, uh, but yes, uh, if there's anyone in town who might have such a thing, I suspect it would be someone with your engineering prowess. Well, I, I have uh, several treasures uh, amongst my things, but uh, I couldn't just part with them. I'd have to, to, to sell them at a, a market price, I'd say. Um, perhaps I could uh, assemble assemble them for you in the, the morning if you'd like to see them and see if there's anything that you'd like to, to buy of mine. Absolutely, thank you. Yeah, I would uh, deeply enjoy that. Do you have a chainsaw? <laughs> I do not have a chainsaw. I think you'll need to speak to Kalgara if you want that specific item. You gave her a chainsaw? Oh no, she uh, arrived with a chainsaw. Aww. Kira looks disappointed, but, uh, you know, resigned. Oh, well, uh, that's all the questions you have for the time being. Um, if you don't mind, I'd like to sort of get to a logical stopping point in my work for the evening. Just, it's kind of pulling at my, knowing that I have several tasks undone and I'm going to lose my place. But, uh, if you'd like to stay here, um, you might want to avoid the little pool of acid your friend made. And, uh, you can set up wherever, just remember the bed is mine and I will fight you for it if I have to. No, no, I'm uh, quite sure we'll find comfortable lodgings amongst the tetanus-ridden junk shards in your foyer. Well, you can just shove them off to the side. They're not harming no, you now. No, 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 we wouldn't want to bother you. No, no, not at all. Have a good night. I don't know why he's just gotten so angry about it. Fritz gets head. real cranky. Sleep in that bed. <laughs> when he gets very sleepy, <laughs> he gets very grouchy in the little tank. It's it's this whole thing he has about needing to sleep in other people's beds. It's uh, don't take it personally. I require swaddling. Let's go. <laughs> Have you tried a Snickers flavored Gootube? I find that that lifts my mood. Why would that lift your mood? That sounds awful. See, yeah, no. Try to eat something normal, like call it crunch. Mmm. <laughs> and then everyone goes to bed. <laughs> no, Asher's going to spend an hour fixing his pistol. Only fix one gun a night. No matter how many hours you have, I don't make the rules. Uh... But yeah, he's going to fix his pistol canonically. I'm going to break so many of Asher's pistols before this book is over. <laughs> so many. So, so many. Um, I guess before going to bed, uh, Brixby will walk over to towards Vargas, stepping over the, um, the acid pit. Not the acid pit, the acid pool. Oh, I just stepped right in it. There it is. Um... <laughs> He'll uh, look at the bag. He'll say, It's uh, crazy that Garmin's still in there, right? Still don't have a <laughs> better idea of what he is. It's uh, 
more insane is that that isn't the most remarkable thing to transpire in the last couple days. But I wanted to ask, um, that night when he approached our campfire, a woman came first. You see, uh, he starts to kind of glower when you say that. Yeah, um, you know, maybe I'm looking for something that isn't there. Uh, Brixby looks away. But, um, yeah, I was just, yeah, he looks back at Vargas. Well, as we figured out from studying it after you snapped me out and made me realize that she couldn't have possibly been there. It was a spell of garments. I'm guessing we saw what we did because I was the target of the spell. She, that woman, is... Well, she's the one who took my arm. She was a captain of the Technic League, though I don't even know her name. Don't even know if she's still alive. If she is, though, she obviously wouldn't look like that anymore. That was decades ago. But in the moment, waking up from sleep to see her standing over the fire, I think you can understand that I would have believed that it was real. Nah, I... I understand. Ghosts are ghosts because we have pests. Otherwise, they'd just be wisps and memories. Ah. Well. I'm glad to... He looks again at the bag. I wish I knew what he was, or what made him what he is today, or even what he can do. But I can tell you that, um... As we resolve this, uh, we can try to seek closure about her. If he knows anything, there's any of him in there. If that's what you want. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think how he would answer. Because I'm trying, I honestly, it's weird when you're trying to get into the headspace of your character, but like, I really don't know if that's honestly even what he's looking for. That's if fair. he wants closure on it. I think part of him does, but I think a bigger part of him honestly is just like the past is the past. If I happen to find out anything, I do otherwise. Yeah. So I think he's gonna look at you and say I've found the closure on what happened a long time ago, but maybe knowing exactly what's happened to certain characters from my past would be useful in the future. Yeah, I mean, the sad reality is, if it's not her, 
It's just some other black-blooded bastard in that position. So, what I do know is this group will just knock another one off. Uh, yeah, together, whether it's this unknown technically captain, one of these lords of rust, it's just another one in the margins, I suppose. Well, uh, sleep well, Vargas. Thank you. You as well. And then I think if we're going to have an hour, um, because uh, Asher's fixing his gun, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to scribe another scroll for one of my buddies here. Are you guys going to be setting any watches, or are you trusting the uh, power of the Clockwork Chapel to protect you? I feel like pretty trusting. We can yeah. spread the junk golem out like caltrops and an alarm <laughs> system now. <laughs> Maybe they'll be more useful than they were before. Kingsley's <laughs> never let us down. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I... Yeah, we um, just put the golem back together and he crawls into it like it's a mech. There you go. If we're not setting watches, I think Kira just like probably wanders over to Asher and just stares at him putting like fixing the gun. Just, huh. I have no interest in that, but that's kind of cool. You know, holding, I, I, I don't need a gun except maybe the grapnel one. So if you want to give me that while you repair that, then we can have a double gun situation. But other than that, good, good job. <laughs> Thank you. We'll just sort of idly chat while he fixes the gun and talks about things, you know. And sometimes when the black powder ratio isn't exactly right or the casing is slightly malformed you think there's roughly a 5% chance of this happening and sure enough every now and then it falls apart and I put it back together and, and I need you more tonight I'm sorry no, I can't just <laughs> I put it back together <laughs> Um, so, uh, I know it's obviously an hour would have to elapse before this, but I don't think anything's going to disrupt me during it. When I'm done, uh, Brixby's going to take the little rolled up scroll and walk, uh, over to Kira and say, uh, big stuff. I know I've been giving you a lot of these, but, uh, I think you'll find this one particularly fun. And it's a scroll of expeditious retreat, Ooh, which is that going is a fun one. It's a like, minute per level situation, so um, my caster level uh, of five, it's five minutes, so you're going to have a, a plus 30 uh, foot increase to your land speed. Your caster uh, level of what? Five? Uh, four! Four! Caster level of four! Caster God. level of four. Take that Let's do it two, three away. more times to cut it in. <laughs> caster level of four. Caster level of four. <laughs> Should just smoothly slide in now. <laughs> now uh, choose from those and pick the most obvious cut in after the fact one. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Bricks. Um, I feel like I haven't really gotten to use any of these yet, but I'm excited to be able to move faster for stabbing. Yeah, so far we've got you make big make fast and I think shield, right? 
Yes, you're up there. That's up. Should write those down. Those like don't go away, right? Mm-mm. Well, I mean, you, you use them and they go yeah. away. Right. But, okay. Yeah. They're not like going bad. <laughs> yeah. No, they last well, until they're red. I uh, I do usually like um, just because Brixby, you know, d doesn't want to use all of the expensive paper. He'll take you know one of the goo tubes and he'll just flatten it out and then dry it um, as an alternative. So if you get hungry, you can always snack on the scroll as well. So it is technically going bad, um, very bad because it's a uh, it's a uh, creamy Caesar and boysenberry flavored. <laughs> Wait, so the Gutu wrappers are edible too? Uh, no, we, no, this we, is the Gutu. No it's like a, it's like oh, a, you're like drying the mm -hmm. actual. Gutu yeah, it's like fruit it. leather, except a yeah. nightmare. <laughs> Tube leather. It's, Tube leather. Oh, oh no, it's bad. It's a bad, bad situation. All bad. All right, so you're finally going to sleep after the hour of uninterrupted. Gotta make sure you're asleep so the ambush can come. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. As the very capable four settle into bed and, you know, Din Vaya goes off to her own bedroom to sleep in her comfortable bed, kind of laughing at all of you for having to sleep on the floor. Um, the noise has kind of died back as she's let some of the mechanisms finish their um, cycles for the day and not wound them back up again, so it's just sort of a low hum of white noise on the background. You're all able to fade off into sleep in the darkness. Now, Asher, something jostles you awake in the middle of the night. But you can't tell what, not at first. There's a candle burning in front of your face, just sitting on the floor, flickering in a weak, inconsistent wind. Did you leave a candle lit when you went to sleep? Seems unlikely, especially on the floor. A drop of liquefied wax runs down the side of it, settles on the floor, joining a slowly growing, slowly solidifying pool. And behind you, a voice calls out in a faint whisper. What has brought you so far from home, stranger? Who? Who's there? Never mind who I am. It's not important. A friend? An enemy? Something? Someone? Let's go with a friend. Certainly. That that would be preferable. Um, and he'll try to kind of turn and peer over his shoulder. Does he see anything? Behind Asher? just a wall in this strangely shaped room with its overcomplicated walls. Um, there's sort of dirty, crumbling, painted bits of machine and rust, and the shadows dance around it from the constantly moving candlelight. Hmm. What brings any of us far from our homes but Adventure, perhaps, it calls the strange tales we hear of fantastic things. Sure, we all hear the tales. 
You hear. You hear a call, don't you? I know you do. A voice. And screams. It's calling to you, and it's waiting for you. You can bring your friends if you'd like. There's plenty of raw material there. Bring my friends where, exactly? Into the shadows. Have you stared deep enough into the shadows, stranger? That's where the voice and scream waits for you. As it waits for each of your friends. It's rather foreboding. But I suppose I have looked into the shadows a time or two. And you felt your home there? I know. I know you feel it. When you're ready to face the shadows in earnest, we will be waiting for you. Hmm. An interesting proposition. My home, though, I... As you have said, it is far, far from here, but... Not in the shadows, no. They feel perhaps a bit familiar, but... Well, that could be said of anyone who wanders around in the dark. You can only fool yourself for so long, stranger. And then abruptly the candle winks out. And darkness and the faint smell of smoke hang in the room. And the shadows are gone. Well, that was unexpected. He kind of says to himself, and he lays awake for a while. Not too long to be fatigued the next day, but he just lays there and sort of stares in the shadows, wondering if he'll find anything. And the shadows have just melded with the darkness. The voice appears to be gone, and the, the night stretches out before you. And as you go back to sleep at a reasonable hour, of course, so you're not fatigued the next day, all of you level up to level five. Ooh. Yay! Yay! What a surprise! <laughs> Zach totally didn't know it was coming. <laughs> yeah, we had no idea. <laughs> right out of the blue. All right. Well, before I go to bed, you want to roll HP? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Who wants to go first? Not it. <laughs> Why not? All right, Brixby. Rolling that big D12. Oh, yeah. You know, the the classic, classic one level barb dip. But no, I am, in fact, tri-classing humble listener, but we are going D6 still. So, let's roll some pips. hoo Nice. They can't see what you rolled. I rolled a, a five. Six. I rolled a six. All right, six nice. it is. Six for bricks. All right, excellent. It'll live forever. <laughs> all right who's next i'll go all right d6 as well 
<laughs> no. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Uh-oh. What was it that you rolled? Uh, that's, uh, that's a one. Well, you'll be pretty happy to know I just rolled a nine. Yes. Much better. Love that for us. Yeah, you really want the frontliner getting just the one HP, I think. Just the one. Well, no, Brixby got six. That's true. true. I'm the ten. Come on, pay attention, Sam. (laughs) All right, who's up next? I'll roll a D10. D10. Uh, Middle of the road, a five. I rolled a ten. Whoa. Nice. nice. Yeah. That's substantial. Thank you. Maybe, maybe not. I'm closing in on as much HP as Brixby. <laughs> <laughs> you might have closed that gap this time. 40, baby. We at 40 at level five. Oh, I think I'm going to be exactly 40. <laughs> we'll never die. And how about Vargas? Right. Rolling a D8. That is a five, so hoping you get something a little bit better. Yeah, five as well. Hey. So, so we do six, six. then? Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. For the house rule, when we roll matching numbers, you get one better. Ooh, this is a 49. good round of rolls. Like, Solid yeah. stuff. We, I, nobody yeah. was below the half, which is excellent. Yeah. And I am at 40, just like... <laughs> Well, Buddy Briggs. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Asher and Brixby, the tanks. 40's not, like, terrible, right? What What's Vargas at? Uh, he is at 49. Oh, great. Okay. Um, I'm also at 49. Awesome. Yeah, so I mean... Each at- our party has the same uh, twins. That's weird. Yeah, like getting it. a three last level and a five of the one before it didn't help. Oh yeah, uh, I've been relatively lucky with these. I I got six last level as well. Um, yeah, roll twenty's been real nice to me. My first three rolls make it so my first four levels are eight four eight four. No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to bed. Night, Sam. Good night, Sam. Good property of its creators, all rights reserved. Pathfinder and the Iron Gods Adventure Path are properties of Paizo Publishing. Please visit them at paizo.com for more information. Theme Against the Machine, written and performed by our own Zach. Please consult the show notes for additional music and sound effect licensing information. Yeah, I'm kind of disappointed you didn't invite them to the Skype call by mistake. I was expecting mm. that. Well, that's because yeah. I had the brilliant um, foresight to name the other Skype call Saturday Night Party complete with a little disco guy. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. So, 
Masterful move. That really made it easier to distinguish the two. <laughs> Truly. Yeah, instead of the other ones that we have on here that are like pod against the chat, chat against the pod, and <laughs> chat against the machine, or whatever the three are. This makes for great radio when you don't have it prepared. It's the uh, Bulwer Lytton Fiction Contest. It's the name of the uh, <laughs> yearly contest. Zach, buddy. All oh, you, man. yeah. Ooh. This is great. I think we leave all this silence in. This is prime <laughs> content. Agreed.